0: Well, what is going on everybody welcome in to the continuing the po- conversation podcast with pastor chris steven and i'm super pumped for today's topic we've been enjoying a new topic we started on the last episode on what it looks like to follow jesus in resting and in sabbath and we're going to continue in that conversation based off of the premise that jesus calls his disciples and he says hey follow me and so as followers of jesus when we come into a relationship with jesus he's saying follow me and so what does it look like for us to follow jesus and specifically in some of these spiritual formative things such as sabbath and prayer and serving those are the three we're going to cover on these next episodes in this conversation. So today we're going to look at prayer. And I know a lot of you struggle with this subject. You struggle with the idea of prayer. You struggle with the idea of, first off, I'm praying to an invisible God like this. I'm just, I feel like I'm talking to nobody. And then secondly, the frustration that oftentimes comes about as a result of feeling as though your prayers are not answered, feeling that as though Jesus is silent. And so we're going to look at that on this episode of follow me talking about prayer. So we're looking at the subject of prayer. And as I said earlier, I think for a lot of us, this is a topic that's really, really difficult to handle. Um, before we get into that, on the last episode, we did talk about what it looks like to have a have a Sabbath rest, to take time, to spend time with Him, to actively be resting in the presence of God. And again, that's not sitting there doing mind numbing activities such as, you know, binge watching Netflix and such. Um, and we talked about the. The physical responses to that, the psychological responses to that, as well as the neurological responses when we rest, specifically when we rest in Jesus. And so as we continue to follow Jesus, as his calling has been to follow me, we are going to look at this discussion in prayer. And if you have a Bible with you, if you are at a Starbucks or a coffee shop, um, if you are in the library maybe on campus or um, you're in your apartment or house listening to this take out a bible we're going to turn to matthew uh, the book of matthew the gospel of matthew and we're going to start in chapter six beginning in verse five again if uh, i feel like i say this every week i feel like i have to say this every week if you are driving right now and you're listening to this in the car please 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 do not take out a bible (laughs) you will hear the scripture and then later on, uh, you can go back and read it. So Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to be. And just to give you a little bit of context and background, Jesus is with his disciples. And the disciples are following him. They're, 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 they're watching him do some miracles. They're watching him kind of really say and can, can communicate to those around Jesus that he is God. And every rabbi during this time would have, or teacher during this time that, that or the modern day pastor, as you could say, always had uh, some people that would follow them. And these people would learn from them. They would be taught certain aspects. Um, and, and one of the things that the disciples were curious of is how to pray. And so they kind of corner Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, as a teacher, Can you teach us how to pray? And so Jesus does that. Now, we oftentimes, if you hear this, if you grew up in church, you know exactly where we're going to go with this. It's this thing called, referred to as the Lord's Prayer. And I I just want us to see that this example that Jesus is providing, it's not required for us as followers of Jesus to say this prayer prayer. You can talk with God, and honestly, that's all prayer really is, is talking with God. But you can talk with God on how you would with anyone else. The point of Jesus using this is this prayer specifically is an example. It's meant to be an example to those that are around Jesus so they can memorize it easily so th- this prayer is something that is a way to m- to be memorized. Something that can that can that can encapsulate all of those that are following Jesus, their their feelings, their wants, their desires, etc. And so, when we read this, we're going to see again starting in chapter six of Matthew and in verse five, we're going to see how this plays out. So, here's what it says: Jesus teaching his disciples. He says this, and when you pray, do not like, be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full, but, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. And here's where he begins the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So when I was in my undergrad at the university of South Florida, which was a while ago, um, I started to take up this exercise called running. Now, I was never a long distance runner growing up. I, I, I hated it. I could, not, I could not see how people would find enjoyment out of this exercise. It was boring to me. There was no point of just, you're just running. And now I have some listeners and you guys, when I preached this message a couple of weeks ago, you, you, you ridiculed me for this. But I I just, I didn't understand it. And to some degree, I still don't understand it. But I started to take this, this exercise up. And I think a lot of it was I was going through a difficult time uh, with a relationship I had been broken up with, a very serious relationship. And I just started taking up running. Because it was a way to take all that frustration and anger that I had and, and release it. And so not being a runner, I learned really quickly how far of a distance I could run. So I only began running uh, probably a quarter mile. or So in fact, the house I was living in, um, there was like a oval, the way the street was set up. And so like, the oval was about a quarter mile, give or take. And so I just started running that. And so I thought to myself, as I went through the the, the first half of it, like, oh, this is not as bad as I thought. And so I ran that first, and then I walked, you know, and then I ran again through this quarter mile. So I got done with that. And that, as I got more used to running, the more I got used to the feeling and the sensation and the pain, the the, the pain in the ribs of, you know, of, of, of breathing, when you're not breathing correctly, a cramp. Like those kind of things like running through those cramps and and, and and working those out. And before I knew it, I was running three quarters of a mile without stopping. And I was running a mile. and then two miles, and then four miles. and and I kept running. Well, I've had a love or hate hate relationship with running, and so there's been times where I could do, you know, three to five miles or you know whatever. But in 2020, during the COVID pandemic lockdowns, um, I, I, do, I don't necessarily know if I like the word lockdown, so I'm gonna excuse me for using that. During the pandemic uh, shutdown, let's—I that, think that's a nicer <laughs> word for it, even though maybe some of us felt like it was a lockdown. Um, I decided during that shutdown that you know I'm, I'm going to take up running again, and I want to—I want to go longer distances. So I made the goal of 10 miles. I'd never run 10 miles in my life. You know, again, I'd run five or seven or whatever, but never ten. So I started pushing through. It was it was hard. It was difficult. But the longer I ran, like the, the the more I pushed my body to the brink, the longer distances I started to run. And I would put in on the Nike Run Club app. I'd put in um, just listening sessions, whether it's somebody doing what we're doing now where they're encouraging them to run faster or to run longer. I was doing that. And before I knew it, I'd reached in one running session, 10 miles. Now I I tell you this story because I think sometimes when it comes to prayer, we expect that when we come into a relationship, a life-changing relationship with Jesus, And we hear about this prayer when we talk about talking to God, talking with God. I think sometimes we have in our mind that we should be able to run a 10 mile marathon in prayer. And the reality is that's not true. We're not going to, you know, from doing something we've never done before to all of a sudden being able to pray for hours on end. That's just not the reality. We're going to have to work at it. We're going to have to grow in it. Maybe some of you, uh, where you are, you feel like you should be running, quote, right? Quote, unquote, you should be praying longer. And maybe you should, honestly. Maybe you need to start working in some exercises to make it where you pray longer, where you are less distracted, where you're putting yourself in positions of being less distracted. But the reality is, is not every single one of us are on the same pace and the same time and the same distance together. We're all running this race, but not every single one of us running the race are running it at the same pace, same time and same distance. Where you are right now is is good. Now don't come become complacent about it. Work at going longer distances with the Lord in prayer. But I need you to know we're not all on the same pace. We need to be working on our communication. We need to be stretching ourselves and going longer and going farther in our prayer life. But again, we're not all on the same page. So as we look at this prayer, as Jesus gives us kind of a an example to his disciples, we can follow this example we can we can follow this example of saying okay maybe how i go and i start out is just praying this prayer and then as i go i stop at different sections if you noticed in this prayer there are six different sections that jesus gives the disciples to pray over so i'm going to just break those six sections down it's god's name Number one. Number two is God's kingdom. Number three is God's will. Number four is sustenance. Number five are sins. And number six are spiritual battles. Now, the first three, God's name, God's kingdom, God's will. For us as those that are praying, it's a reminder of God's goodness even in the midst of temptation from the enemy. So these first three, God's name, God's kingdom, God's will are all reminders of God's goodness in the midst of temptation from the enemy. Now the second half of this prayer, the other three, which are sustenance, sins, and spiritual battles. The second three, they're reminders that there is actually a battle raging that there is an enemy that desires us to be lured into him, to be tempted into his things. And so this prayer is a reminder of God's goodness and that there's a battle raging on. Number six again, just to repeat it, maybe you can write them down. You have the ability to is the first three are God's name, God's kingdom, God's will, and the second three are sustenance, sins, and spiritual battles. And this brings me to the point of prayer. And I think when I read this scripture, when I read the context and the interaction Jesus has with his disciples, it reminds me that prayer, it doesn't have to be difficult, but it is beneficial when it is done. Prayer doesn't have to be difficult, but it's beneficial when it's done. Their author, Leighton Talbert says this about prayer, that prayer, according to scripture, is conversation directed to God that like human conversation may take, may take many different forms. It may come as an expression of desire or appeal or of sorrow or apology of love or admiration of gratitude or appreciation of dissatisfaction or frustration or of hopes and joys, fears and doubts, questions and curiosities. So we have this Lord's prayer that Jesus gives us as an example, as a roadmap. But again, again, as we said, this prayer is not something that we are required to do. It's an example of prayer to give us maybe a starting point, a starting line on the journey with prayer. And so we see from Leighton Talbert, like we can come to God in this prayer and we can express just as we do with humans and our interaction with human beings. We can express desire or sorrow apology of love or admiration or gratitude or appreciation or dissatisfaction or frustration we can come to god with all of these things and so some of us are worried sometimes that what we say and how we're going to say it we're worried about that yet with god yet it's interesting that when we converse with people specifically our friends we're not necessarily always worried about what we're going to say most of the time you're going to be as authentic and as vulnerable as possible with that person that you trust especially if you consider them a really close close friend so the same could be true of with god you do not have to worry about running a marathon with god just be authentic and real and 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 even if that's a five minute prayer, God, I'm really hurt today. I just need to feel your love. Or it could be something of God, like I'm really excited about today. Thank you for the opportunity to live today. And yet some of you get frustrated because you feel like you don't hear God speak back. Now, again, I get this. I understand this. And there are times where I get frustrated as well because I feel like I I feel like I pray and I don't always hear from God. That I don't always hear a response that I want to hear. First and foremost, before we get to this next section, I need you to understand that God always answers prayer. He always does. Now the question is. Whether we're going to like the response that he gives us. Typically, there's three responses that God gives us when we pray, specifically about things we desire. First and foremost, is is it a yes? He'll usually answer it yes. Here it is. Here's what I have for you. Sometimes it's an answer, not yet, or maybe. Now, that answer we don't necessarily like because in our culture we want instantaneous gratification, we want the yes right? We want to hear yes. And then the third thing that we get from God is no. Now that's the one we do not like the most. And a lot of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, me included, we throw a temper tantrum when it's no. It's very fascinating when you think about how we respond to God when he gives us a no and a maybe. But it should allow us to see that when he gives us a yes, man, there should be rejoicing in that. We should be, man, even greater of appreciation for who he is. So he always answers prayer. He'll always either give us a yes, a maybe, or a no. Sometimes, though, I think when we are with God and we're praying, I think the Lord rejoices in that. And so that's what I'm saying. Even though we get a yes or a maybe or a no. I think sometimes we need to recognize that God is with us. When we pray, we just need to recognize that he is there. He's in our midst. He's in our presence. A few, I guess it was about a year ago, maybe two years ago. I can't remember the exact date or time. Um, we have a fountain close to our house it's it's like a neighborhood fountain it's like right outside the gate of our of that neighborhood and so every so often myself or my you know myself and my daughters um one or the other will walk down there and play in the fountain um you know just splash around a bit and walk back well my young my youngest who is my son at this time he was able to walk and he's just now beginning to kind of make full sentences and understand what we're what we're saying as parents. And so he decided one day that he wanted to go down to what he called the mountain. He wanted to go to the mountain, which was actually code for fountain. He wanted to go down to the fountain. So I said, all right, buddy, we're gonna walk. So we start the trek to this fountain. Now this fountain is probably a good quarter mile, maybe a little bit longer of a, than that, of a walk and back. So you're looking at half a mile here. It's a long distance for a kid. Needless to say, I carried him the rest of the way. We get on our way back, but that's not the point of the story. So we start walking and I'm hand in hand with my son. And at that moment, as a father, I just feel just this overwhelming sense of satisfaction. I feel an overwhelming sense of pride in my son that I'm with him. And that we're walking towards this fountain. Now, we're not having conversation. My son, at this stage and age of his life, that this story is commencing, he is unable to, again, have conversation at a full length adult, but he can say certain things, right? He can string together certain sentences. So we're walking and we get down to the entrance of our driveway, which is a good walk. It's not short by any stretch of the imagination and he says data this way and he points and so i look down at him and he's looking up at me and he says data this way and i'll say to him yes son we're going this way now we walk a little bit longer we're walking and maybe a couple minutes goes by And again, he looks up at me and I to him and he says, Dada, this way. And he's pointing. And I say, yeah, son, we're going this way. Conversation is not being had. I'm just looking around. I'm looking at him. We're just enjoying each other's presence. Once again, he goes, Dada, this way. And he points and I look at him and I say, son, yeah, man, we're going this way we finally reached the destination to the fountain. And I tell you this story because I I want you to understand that maybe where you are in your prayer life, that all you need to say is, dad, are we going this way? God, is this the right way? And for God, maybe it's a moment of, of saying, yeah, we're going this way. Or maybe he's silent, he's not answering prayer, which is oftentimes a frustrating thing, which is not really an answer because he actually is answering by a silence. But maybe he's being silent because he's just taking pride in the fact that that you as his child are with him, that you're walking hand in hand with him. And so he's just enjoying it. He's enjoying your presence with him, with being with him. I think sometimes in prayer, when we ask God to do things, we oftentimes want God to do something for us instead of us just being with God. We want something that, that we desire or we want or we need because that's about us. And sometimes I think God and just the, the the perfection that he is sees this and just, just wants to be with us. It's not always about God receiving something from God that is tangible. Sometimes he's receiving just his presence. There's a book by Pete Gregg. I've read this book. It's called How to Pray. And he talks a lot about the silence of God. He talks a lot about why sometimes we don't hear God. Not just his silence, but why we don't hear it. And in this particular section, I'm going to read it. It says this. He says, Jesus taught consistently that the power of prayer is relational, not transactional. He taught the disciples to begin their prayers, quote, our father, end quote. He told the crowds that God loves to give good good gifts to them because they are his children. He insisted that the purpose of prayer is the father's glory and that the power of prayer flows from the father's kindness. Ultimately, he addressed the most desperate prayers of his life to the one he addressed childlessly as abba when i read this quote i'm blown away because ultimately i I, i'm convicted in my own life that when i'm praying when I'm, i'm i'm with god am i asking god for something that is transactional something that i want from god or am i just being there to be there for god is it is my prayer life about a relational component Or am I just wanting a genie in a lamp that I can, I can, I can rub the lamp and he comes out and he says, Hey, what's your three wishes? That's transactional. That's not love. It's the relationship that matters. And I wonder how many of us are listening to this right now. And we don't pray because well, number one, we don't think God's going to answer our prayers, which we found out in this podcast, in this episode, he does. He does answer our prayers. The question is, are we going to be okay if he says no or maybe? The second thing that we, a lot of us struggle with is that he doesn't always answer our hopes, our wishes, our dreams, our desires. Because that makes him a transactional God. And God is not about transaction and just giving something to us. It's about the relational dynamic of that gift. Author and pastor Brennan Manning. To close us out, he quotes in one of his books about prayer. He says, "It's not so much the listening of our or listing of our requests, but the breathing of our one deepest desires, our deepest request, which is to be united with God as fully as possible." When you pray, are you praying to be relational? or are you praying to be transactional? Are you praying to get something from God? Are you praying just to be with God? Be there for God. Prayer doesn't have to be difficult. But when it's done, it's done and it is beneficial. And so I hope that this encourages you. I hope this helps you to keep pushing forward when it comes to priority, to keep pushing forward and to running this race step-by-step, moment-by-moment, pushing yourself further and further and further, allowing God into the intimate recesses of your being, but also understanding that in that vulnerability, in that authenticity, it's not about the transactional nature of God, but about the relational nature of God doesn't have to be difficult, but it is beneficial when it's done. So that was our episode on prayer. And if you're interested in uh, this topic, um, we actually have those books, those Pete Gregg books that I'd mentioned in the episode Um, how to pray we actually have those available if you want that book um, go ahead and dm us at the harbor bhc instagram let us know that is something that you want and we can find a way to get it to you Um, it's a great resource it's it really is helpful in fact pete greg has a litany of books on the subject of prayer and so um, we can help get you those as well if that's something that is for you also if you need prayer, make sure you DM us. we would love our team would love to pray over you. I would love to pray over you um, and continue to do that. And um, again, we just want to be a resource for you. We want to help you in this, this life of navigating life, navigating spiritual formation, navigating all these things. Or if you have a question about prayer, maybe that I didn't cover, make sure you DM us again, the harbor at BHC. On the next episode, we're gonna look at serving and we're gonna talk specifically how narcissism, um, how it impacts our serving and what Jesus has to say about serving. So that's gonna be in our next episode. Again, as I've stated, I just wanna reiterate, if you need that resource by Pete Greg, How to Pray, we'd love to get you that. So make sure you hit us up in the DMs. If you need prayer, same thing. Or if you have a question that maybe I didn't cover, hit us up in the DMs, the Harbor BHC. A couple things just for housekeeping. Uh, November 15th, it's coming up pretty quickly. It's going to be our second annual Friendsgiving at the Harbor. We're going to have a a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, So make sure you put that on your calendar. November 15th, that's a Tuesday night at 8 p.m. It's going to be our traditional Friendsgiving traditional Thanksgiving meal. We'll look forward to that as well. And finally, this week is the last week to bring in your groceries for our collection to feed a here at the USF campus. You can also Amazon us if you're interested in maybe sending us some things that we can purchase. Um, You can do that as well. There's a list on our Instagram of what can be sent. You can do that through Amazon as well and send it directly to us, or you can drop those off at our physical location. All that to say, we love you. We thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Continuing the Conversation podcast. I'm out.